The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm host Michael Dow. With me tonight are Susan <laughs> Susan Ward Wheaton and Stefan Timberlake. <laughs> hey there. Hey there. <laughs> yeah, we got married, but we didn't like you swap yeah, names. We swap names just to, you know. It's one of those non-conventional arrangements <laughs> that's very popular right now. Yes, I I tried to I tried to marry our producer, but he wouldn't have yeah. it. <laughs> I always wanted a hyphenated name, and I just never got there. So you know, you can just stick a hyphen in there. I probably could. Speaking as somebody with a hyphenated name, don't. It's a P-I-T-A. It really is. <laughs> well, you know what you could do? You could just become Timber Lake, as in one of, you know, you could just tick a hyphen in there. And not like Wood True. Ocean or Stickwater yeah. or Splinter Droplet. Or <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> or all or, the other names I had in high school. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. Or, or, <laughs> less than two minutes in and we're already completely off track. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, producers quit quits. already. Actually, you know what you should do? Just ch- replace the first vowel with a hyphen. It's like T hyphen Burlake. Oh, nobody will ever send me an email again. It'll be great. They'll never be able to remember what it was. Perfect. Okay, ignorance is bliss, at least yeah. when it comes to email. Obscurity by, security the, by obscurity. The, the ultimate spam filter. How to defeat Google from taking my stuff. Mm. Oh, and speaking of email, that reminds me. We'd love to hear from you, and email is a great way to do it. So... If you want to do that, you can email us at civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, or you could, you know, stop by our Facebook community, which is facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio, or you could hit us up on Twitter, which is at civilpoliticsfm. Hit us up on Twitter. Someone's listening to the, to the millennials. Indeed. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, what up, D- dude? Damn. Blew it. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us now because Mike is DTF. <laughs> Down to frolic? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'll ask after the show. <laughs> Ignorance, it's bliss. Trust oh, me. Sweet. Um, yes. And so <clears throat> if uh, you wanted to listen to this uh, wonderful repartee in the future, perhaps out of some kind of misplaced nostalgia, you can listen to our shows also on our website, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio.com. So, uh, happy Bastille Day. <laughs> mm, thank you. Thank you. And we, and we, the conclusion of the Tour de France, I believe. Oh, is it actually traditionally today? Is, the 14 juillet? Uh, it's traditionally um, designed to close on, and they roll into Paris on Bastille Day, and it's all, oh. it's, it, yeah. The French know how to do patriotism, I think. Oh. It, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something nice about a bike race, I suppose, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, uh yeah, so uh, we left a teaser last week. You we were right, here, right, 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 right. So you guys, let's start talking about uh, that that <laughs> yeah, thing, Sue. Sue, I want you to hold forth on this. Oh, I give, can't give hold us, forth on. Give it. us your hottest take. So oh. yeah, so you guys teased, ended the show last week by saying we we should talk about uh, Hobby Lobby and their uh, uh, indifference to funding terrorism. <laughs> I said that even conservatives were distressed with uh, what they had done, but they have a Bible. 
museum that they've been working yeah, on. Yeah, Museum of the Bible. It's in Washington, yeah. D.C. Price tag is supposed to be about $500 million, yep. which is uh, not chump change. What corporations do with their money is always interesting. Well, it's not the corporations. It's the people behind it. I, I forget the name of the family. Uh, yeah, they're st- are they're still family-owned, yeah. d- mm-hmm. even though they're publicly traded, I believe. Oh, no, I think it's privately held. Oh, it's privately. You can okay. be both. In other words, you can have enough shares to keep it no, private. You can, but no, you no, no. Actually, it, you, it can't be. If you are publicly mm. traded, you there are forms of disclosure that you have to provide the public. Otherwise, the, the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission will get on your case. Now, you can effectively be privately held in that if the family holds enough stock, you know, like the family controls it. But there's a difference between a, a, co- a company with publicly traded shares and a privately held company. That's like we own it. Can I give you the exception? And we don't have to, like, give you all kinds of information because we aren't Under 28 shares. stockholders. Yeah, yeah, an S-corp. Uh, 28 stockholders isn't an S-corp. It's actually a... It's a publicly traded, but it's privately held. So, mm. And a lot of small companies do that. And once you get to 28, you have to go through the SEC and all that stuff. Right, so. but I mean, publicly traded means it's like anybody can buy it if shares are available. And, and the 28 stockholder rule, which I'm sorry, we're going, we shouldn't even have gone there. But No, I'm fascinated. So what happens is the SEC decided they weren't going to regulate it until it, um, until it got over 28. And so what happens is people have 28 friends, and then when they get bigger, then they actually um, go through all the rigmarole. But it's, it's still it's weird. It's the way startups sometimes well, the, start. Well, it's um, my, my uh, company that has a couple of stores selling comics and games. We're an S-Corp, and we, are, we have stock, but we're closely held. Yes. Like, we can sell yeah. the stock to anybody. But, yep, you can sell it to but, anybody. But the yeah. idea is that it's going to be people we have some kind of connection to. Yep. We're not just putting it out on the and open market. And there's a limit to the number. Of right. Them. And there are, and I think, it's, I think it's actually more than 28, but I could be misremembering. The important thing is um, there are disclosure requirements that we don't have to meet as an S-corp that a larger publicly traded corporation would have to meet. Um, which, by the way... You could be a regular corporation and still be 28 stockholders. Well, yes. So the two are... I, no, I, it's not impossible <laughs> to, to be that. I'm just saying, yeah. like, like, there's a difference between, like, operating that in a de facto sense and then in the actual sense of, like, oh, you know, the five family members own it all, so there's lots of... You know, you don't have to release the same kind of public reports because you the, the issue of, like... It's privately held. Right, yeah. but the issue, right, the issue of, like... Uh, the reason why publicly traded companies have to release that information is because consumer protection laws. It's like, well, I thought it was a good investment, but they lied to me and didn't tell me what was really going on, so I had no idea. And, and you trust the SEC to tell you that? <sighs> Just I trust, kidding. I trust the SEC <laughs> to do something. Oh, looks like Stefan's got but the Stefan has <laughs> truth, truth well, over here. Um, I've been uh, I've been clicking away at the interwebs <laughs> as we've been doing this, mm-hmm. and actually, I think I sort of. Uh, understand Hobby Lobby strategy because in uh, what are they doing in 2014 the they Supreme Court ruled <laughs> and this was a five to four decision so it was a close one five to four four in favor well who, who um, decided this is uh, is this a court see. decision Supreme Court. Supreme Court oh okay yeah, excuse me Supreme Court um, US Supreme Court ruled that Hobby Lobby and other closely held stock corporations can right. choose to be exempt exempt from certain laws based on religious preferences um, specifically based on the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suspect that was probably, and that now that specific case um, 
was um, the, the relig- their religious objection to avoid covering contraception in their right. workers' health care plans. Which made them famous. Right, right, <laughs> right. But I think that was sort of the antecedent to this case. Yeah. And Sue, if you well, want to... Well, and, but, but so like the, the closely held thing, like, like ExxonMobil, which has millions of shareholders around the world, can't make that same argument because it's it's held by so many people with so many different views. And it's covered by the SEC. Right. Well, but it'd be very hard for them to say, like, oh, well, you know, the views of the people who own ExxonMobil are such that, I don't know, drinking chocolate milk is a sin against God, so we're coming out as anti-chocolate milk. Mike, oh, my God. Time for a second reformation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, you know, that kind of thing. But, I mean, at first they came to take my coffee, and I said nothing because I was not a coffee drinker. Then they came to take my chocolate milk, and there was nobody left. It's not even the Nesquik bunny. Ooh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, you who milk that's... is disgusting. <laughs> you who and that it does that? nothing for you. Uh. Nothing at all lactose intolerant american you're talking about cow's milk yeah yeah no no yeah breast milk is fine for mm-hmm. the babies it's yeah. fine you Go- know goat's milk so you don't want any ice cream is that what you're saying no i mean straight milk oh okay <laughs> <laughs> we have to draw the line it's, somewhere it's not that <laughs> nutritious yeah okay especially since they took all the fat and vitamin a and d i know all the, the gay <laughs> exactly. milk has all the good vitamins <laughs> Nice. You said straight milk. Yeah. You lobbed that up for me. I was going for a layup. Come yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Get on my level. No, it's this, true. this face is because too many jokes, and it freezes me. Oh, sorry. We, we, we blue screened our engineer, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, for, the, for our listening audience. The and band, there's not enough bandwidth. And we're clearly like going way off the topic of uh, politics here on Civil Politics. But, so, so the evildoers. Right. So, well, well, so anyway, but the, like, and that, that reminds me of something. I'm sorry to, to, to derail, but this reminds me of something that I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we might want to talk about or at least touch on because it's something I've been thinking about. Um, so I've mentioned on this show, you know, that like, uh, you know, I've sort of done the the rich guy voice and talk about how I'm a rich guy from prep school and things like that, you know, which can be kind of overblown. But the, the point is like, my dad really actually was an investment banker. So like, you know, there's, you know, the, the family is happily not poor. And, um, I certainly sort of grew up with sort of an awareness of like, corporations and stocks and things like that because that's that's what my dad talked about and that's what he you know dealt with in his business so you know like you you know you learn at least a little through osmosis kind of thing so um one of the things that um uh i've noticed recently is there's been a uh, a move in in the u.s congress to change the laws about how corporations handle uh uh measures brought to uh, be considered by uh, shareholders. <clears throat> it's like the kind of the equivalent of oh, like... Oh, I saw like, this piece, like, I think, right. a couple of weeks ago. Right. It popped up. Yep. Right. It's, yeah. it's like, it's like you know how like you can have ballot initiatives in, in, the, in the state of Massachusetts. You can have a saying, referendum. Right, yeah. you can have a referendum. <laughs> so like in corporations, uh, you can have have effectively referenda too. With the minority of stockholders. Right, like you don't need to be... You, don't, you just need to hold, I think, like a certain percentage of the, co- of the company or a certain number of shares. And I forget exactly how the numbers break down now but the point is it's a lowish number right it was a lowish number it's not now they're (laughs) they want to basically change the 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 absolute number threshold and just make it a percentage of the stock um so that you so that it would basically be impossible all right all right so 
corporations, especially ones that are publicly held and have sharehold have stocks and shareholders and so forth, they have elections every year or at a regular basis. I think every usually every year at an annual meeting, which you know people may not attend, but they can send in proxies and explain how they want their votes cast. Um, and the votes are not one person one vote; they're one ball- they're one share one vote. So if I own a hundred shares, I get a hundred votes. Um, and if you own a million shares, you get a million votes. So, but if you have fifty-one, so you can literally buy more votes. <laughs> you literally can, yes. Um, and in fact, there's requirements for the to, where you have to report, like when you bought more than like four percent of a company or something like that. You know, you, you have to like publicly disclose it with the federal, uh, oh, the not federal elections commission, <laughs> the Securities and Exchange. Maybe commission. they should do I that. Was say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, uh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but the Securities and Exchange Commission, because among other things, it's useful information to know, like, oh. Uh, uh, Stefan Corp is planning to buy up um, <laughs> McDonald's or whatever, you know. So it's like, oh, that's information we want to know. He's making a move or whatever. So anyway, the point is that um, uh, the slate of, of things that the shareholders vote on is controlled by the board of directors. But shareholder initiatives, if they get a certain amount of – if they have a certain amount of, of shares behind them, can get added to that ballot. And the, and the board of directors can say, this is a terrible idea. You should vote against it, blah, blah, blah. But they still have to put it on the agenda. They still have to put it on the agenda. Now they're changing the rules. The, the U.S. Congress is talking about changing the rules so that they won't have to. And I'm kind of shocked by this because – um, and, and the reason why I want, I, I'm looking at the conservative here, Sue, the conservative <laughs> Republican, is because, like, you know, you believe in businesses can solve a lot of our problems and we should rely on private initiative more and government less. And this is one on of certain the, things. Yes. Well, well, yeah. And that's fine. But, uh, you know, like one of the one of the ways in which we can we can maybe make that work is if. People who have shares in a corporation can get their voices heard, can bring ideas up. You know, like a, like a lot of the biggest corporations are, are are a lot of their stock is owned by investment funds, and pension funds, pension funds, and whatnot. Yeah, so like big institutional and, yep, investors of- have a lot of control. So there's going to be a lot of conservatism. But so they know. like it. No, they don't like any big changes. Well, they don't like any big <laughs> changes. But it, I mean, so a so a, a straightforward example of this is suppose you own stock in uh, Shell Oil. I think they're still around. Right. So Shell Oil or British Petroleum or whatever. One of the first to recognize Excuse climate me, change. Beyond Petroleum. As That's they now BP. <laughs> BP. Yes. BP. You know. Not Shell. BP. You know, or, or British Exxon, Petroleum. Or ExxonMobil. Yeah. Um, and you want to, as a shareholder, you want the corporation to, to, to adopt some specific policy to deal with climate change. Releasing new information, changing how they do some part of their petroleum business, whatever. Doesn't matter. You have some idea, and you want them to vote on it. Now, uh, obviously, outside corporate, outside interests aren't necessarily interested in messing too much with how, you know, the, that company is going to do business. They they got invested for the profits and the money, and they want to keep that going. But at the same time, you Unless know, it's, it's a social investment. Sometimes right. it is. Well, but it's becoming increasingly clear that. Uh, that that climate change is going to be a very serious problem, and the less we do, the worse it's going to get. And as you know, there's overlap between banks and insurance companies. The insurance companies are like, wait a minute, climate change could cost us a crapload of money, so that gives them an incentive institutionally to start changing the way companies they own stock, other companies they might control sh- shares in, to behave. So like that can change what happens with these. Um, you know, the, these petroleum companies. This is just a specific example I've thrown out there. So if you change that, 
Like, it, if you change it so it's a certain percentage of the stock, you could wind up with uh, a big investment firm that owns millions of shares of a stock, won't have a large enough stake in the company overall to be able to put a measure like that on the ballot, even if they, they're concerned about it and they think it's a good idea. So it's, it's throttling back the kind of private initiative, the kind of pu- private sphere, business-focused approach to dealing with a lot of, of problems, to going to a company and saying, this company has a problem with X. I'm going to deal with it, try and deal with it as, as a shareholder and appeal to the people who own the company to change without having to have the government step in and, and, and mess everything up the way the government does. And now the Republicans who like business solutions talk about changing that. What, yeah. What's going on? So sorry, Sue. <laughs> Justify it. <laughs> you point finger. Yes, very helpful. Well, as always, Mike, we get on the on the part of where do you draw the line? So I can imagine, and I'm probably wrong about this, and I don't know I'll why. Join the club. <laughs> I don't know why Congress would be would get involved in this because there's no reason for them to do that right now. But can you see the uh, money grubbing? I, thing I, I, I see here? that. Um, <laughs> all I can all I can think yeah, is that what dollars. happens is that so many people have put so many initiatives on the ballot that there's a pushback so they can get through their stock annual stockholders meeting in two days instead of ten because they have all these initiatives. And a lot of organizations will do that. They will restrict access to the agenda to large enough groups so that it's actually manageable in an annual meeting or, a, hmm. you know, it happens with um, town town meetings and things like that. You know, if you have everybody putting things on the agenda for it, you actually never get through the meeting. So it, it, people do, <laughs> no. um, I can think of a few Very towns. True. Yeah. I can think of some towns, having yeah. covered some towns around Having here. lived yeah. in a town where, yeah. <laughs> the paper. Yeah. But that's, you know, so that access to the agenda is something that people use to throttle back a little bit so that it becomes... Okay. manageable and us conservatives always like things that are manageable well who doesn't <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only thing i could really co- i mean i i probably should look at it and try and figure out but i remember when that popped up because i said oh that's yeah. interesting why are they doing that right now of yeah. all the times to do it what you know it's not a um you know the trump corporation is is very closely privately held. Yeah, so. it's owned by him and his, it, his, his kids. Yeah. yeah, so you know, it's not like he's he's doing it to make make some room for himself. You know, I don't I don't know. Well, if, it's 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 coming out of Congress, not yeah. the the not the White House. But I'm so. wondering which industry is pushing forward. Or you know, I just don't I I can't handicap it not knowing who who's whose ox it's goring. You yeah. know, who is it that raised the issue? Who's having the problem? And you know, which congressman did they get to to try and get this changed? And I and why know. now of all times? When everybody's trying to get people to... Well, I guess it's something we should research and come back to. Yeah. So that's the best I can do. All right. Well, sorry. So I totally derailed this, but you wanted to talk about Hobby Lobby. <laughs> oh, just for a minute, just because I thought it was funny, because we all <laughs> well, agree... We're, we're way past a minute now, but yeah, go ahead. We all, you know, we all, we all have our views on Hobby Lobby, and I'm, I'm a pro-choice Republican, which are kind of rare these days. But anyway, yeah. so I don't, I don't like what Hobby Lobby did to the government around Obamacare. But this one, everybody can agree, even the most conservative conservatives can agree that it's really, um, I mean, they accepted stolen stolen artifacts. In fact, I think they're going to return them. I think they got caught. And they were told yes. mm-hmm. to check the um, pro- uh, provenance. provenance. Yeah. You know, they were told by their lawyers, everybody said they were stolen from Iraq. You know, and they just went ahead and did it anyway until they got caught. Yeah, and, I and just, NBC I, reported yesterday it wasn't the first time they did that. Either. Really? Yeah, it was I missed that. the first time they got knocked for it. There was yeah. a 2010, I think. It yes, is that's well. right. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and that was another case of where they did Stolen antiquities. I mean, where's well, Raiders like, on the lost, lost Ark when you need them? Yeah, well, they, they, <laughs> they, they made a $6 million payment to the government to settle that just recently because they'd already disposed of the artifacts. Like, they what? were already gone. 
you know, they, they'd like passed them on or donated them or something. So quick, get rid of the stolen goods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wonder. Yeah. I think fines should be a little bigger than they are to really I, disincentivize some of this behavior. I, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, <clears throat> well, also I, th- I think we need to have, um, mechanisms for punishing corporate overreach that is greater than just monetary fines because they, they can, settle a, a profitable lot. company can make that back in a quarter yeah and what deterrent is that yeah if if the potential earnings i mean we're talking about sort of an ideological issue where they yeah. there's a religious motivation but a lot of time, I mean, if, if, you know, when you're talking about something like Wall Street or you're talking about BP, you know. Wells Fargo uh, opening all those accounts. Well, Fargo yeah. or British Petroleum after the Deepwater Horizon oh, scan, yeah. you know, you can find them all you want. And Hal Burton was in on that but, too. Well, exactly. BP. But if, if the fines are all as far as you're going to go. And you don't want to put them out of business. That's not a disincentive. Right. right because they're, they're going to make more not? money. Well, Arthur Anderson, they put out of business. When they yeah. weren't doing the audits right. properly, they, uh, they especially after Enron specifically, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they put them out of business. But if they're not going to go far enough to put them out of business, the whole reason mm-hmm. to pierce the corporate veil, which you can on environmental, I forget somebody's murdered. There's a couple of ways you can pierce the corporate veil. You mean sort of um, um, go through the corporation, get to the people who did it? Yeah, the people. Oh yeah, who yeah. made these yeah. decisions. Cross yeah. the uh, the yeah. sort of uh, and there's just a yeah. few windows Indemnity. where you can do that in corporate yeah. law, but. Um, they should do it, and they. You know why they settle? Because they get them to um, g- to provide the details with the idea they won't be prosecuted. In other words, they give them access so they don't have to do all this work to subpoena and follow the trail and all mm. that. You say if you cooperate, we won't put you in jail, but you need to give us all the stuff that pertains to this. So they, it's almost like they're plea bargaining before they even know what the case is. Yeah, and and. Um, <clears throat> so, like the, I think the Antiquities Act governs stuff, governs stuff before 1972. I think stuff that was anything that was sort of dug up or found or whatever after 1972 has to like, you know, like belongs to whatever country it's found in. So mm-hmm. a lot of these, a lot of these uh, Babylonian and uh, uh, remains, you know, they're 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 what tax about records. Indian and artifacts in this country. Oh mm-hmm. well, well, that's a whole thing too. <sighs> but in this particular case, since these are coming from. Uh, Iraq, who's selling these things? It could well be terrorists. Probably. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, like, like, so Hobby Lobby, the family that owns Hobby Lobby, believes in family values. Believes <laughs> in family values and uh, clearly take the Christian faith very seriously, but may have directly funded uh, the Islamic State. Yeah, for Bibles. For Bibles, <laughs> right. and, it's, and it's just like that. They they may be horrified by that, but that doesn't matter. They may have done it. So yeah. I'm not saying we should just throw the book at them now because we don't know. But I if think they should find out. Yeah, they should definitely find out. And if so, and I mean, this make is an example. Well, of well, also this, the, this is this is you know this is a national security issue. For real, because I mean, you know, this is an actual terrorist group oh, that right. actually attacks the U.S. So you can attach their bank accounts, anybody that works for them, all that. I, 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 I think this is what RICO is for. Yeah, but think of the world. I mean, I don't like Hobby Lobby, but think of the no. world where, you know, you really can confiscate all those assets. I mean, they do it to drug people now, but can you imagine if they start doing it to corporate America? Well, I, it'd I, be kind of like what happens to certain people when they get. Uh, uh, fall into the justice system and we yeah. have civil asset forfeiture yeah. it works for uh the uh, poor and indigent maybe it should work for corporate america yeah the guy on well. the street that's selling drugs and has it, a hot car it, it should it, work for the head of hobby lobby and his ferrari I mean, whatever he drives. I, I mean if we start to if that's probably drives a buick and if that yeah right <laughs> sorry 
And if that leads to reform of civil asset forfeiture, that's certainly a, a, a good effect too. But you know, <laughs> maybe maybe that's how we reform uh, unjustly punitive yeah. uh, laws like that is to make them apply to the very rich, and suddenly we'll, we'll start to see some reform. That's a terrible idea. Uh, yes. Yeah. By the way, the last bullet point on our sheet tonight is just for Mike. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> nice. Readers only. This is this goes in the advance, the bonus show. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of families and. The, the, the subscribers premium yeah. pay, uh, <laughs> Patreon ten dollars minimum per month. <laughs> yeah. We do not actually have a Patreon. Don't page think I won't yet. start doing that. <laughs> I'm 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 I'm. You get a check. We're, we're going to start doing it. Uh, all Psst. our underwriters. Genre. But I should. You and me split it two ways. Cut them out, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See. Yeah. Sure. Two ways. Yeah. This is why we need shareholder <laughs> meetings, yeah, Sue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but the backdrop to this, of course, is that. Um, uh, a lot of these antiquities are surfing around the black market because after the, in, the second Gulf War invasion in 2003, the, you know, I mean, say what you will about uh, Saddam Hussein's government, but he actually kept pretty c- careful control of the many we an- allowed looting. antiquity. Oh, yeah, yeah museums And we looted. let the museums basically get We protected the piles of um, armaments and, and the oil, ammunition uh, and the oil, and we let yes. the antiquities, we, they were unguarded. Yeah, we didn't exactly protect the pi- all the piles of ammunition either. Oh, well, we were nope. doing... Yep. <laughs> no, that's one of the ways the uh, insurgency... They, they just they just went into those armories and took a lot of they arms. They did get a lot of the weapons. money, too. The bank money went somewhere, yeah. too, right? Yeah. I, 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 frankly, the Bush administration, 12, 13 years ago, wow, did they blow all that. They really made a mess of all that. Well, Sorry. they didn't listen to their generals, right? Ashcroft mm-hmm. and Rum. Yeah. Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld. You know, they the generals told them they needed more men, and they just they they just cut them right out of the well, process. And, they destro- and well, a lot of generals retired over that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't want to relitigate the second Iraq. So war, how did Trump get all all these generals I think to we're work all for again. him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah how Sorry, did, what? How did Trump get all these good these generals to work for him? That's what I don't quite get. Is how did he talk them into serving in these thankless, horrible roles that will only ruin their reputations? Or maybe they patriotism. Well, sort of look, the generals to throw are political animals, just like politicians are. Oh, that's true. You know, I but they have I guns. Sort of, so, I mean, I I know you know we sort of we have an interesting relationship to the military in this country because we still trust them. We yeah, I, you know, they're sort of like the last element of civil society that holds a broad constituency and that people sort of instinctively you know, are willing to endorse at least many people. But, you know, I'm, the military is as much a political body as any other form of government. And Look at the base clothing yeah. closing adventures. Yeah. yeah. Right. Good point. That's true. Yeah. I don't think of them I mean, as political, but they oh, know well absolutely. to put bases and they, build armaments in every state. They spread that around, and they, yeah. spread it, they, they control a huge chunk of our budget, and they're not well overseen. You know, yeah. there's a lot of fiefdoms. And, ju- and just the way, like... You know, the military budget is pretty much always split uh, a third each to the Air Force, the Navy, and the Army, even though they That's all not how we fight wars anymore. No, and that's it's right. certainly very different um, uh, needs, you know, like, like, like what we need from planes versus what we need for boots on the ground is a very different thing. We were talking about the Space Force that now is a new, they're going to split it off. I forget from which arm of the government, but we were talking about it last Space week. Space Force! Yeah. Jugga, 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 <laughs> jugga, Space Force! Oh, sorry. Yeah, so, you know, they, they've recognized that, and we need a cyber, a cyber force, too, mm. I guess. 
<laughs> I was reading some story um, like a year or two ago about how we were having trouble building our uh, cybersecurity apparatus because the U.S. government doesn't want to hire programmers that have uh, dabbled in the halfling's leaf, shall we say. Uh, and it's actually you putting them behind. Or tobacco yes, smokers? I'm talking about pot smokers. Yeah. Um, and it's actually hurting them because a lot of uh, tech savvy people are younger of the right vintage and to uh, are of the right <laughs> vintage have at least sampled that particular substance but you know that's basically been a verboten if you want to work for in a civil service for a long time and they haven't updated their uh well you know if they wouldn't take scotch legal. drinkers they wouldn't have any generals well so. exactly. <laughs> this is my point yeah. Is well, it, there's a hidebound mentality. They're going to have to change that as pot becomes more right. legalized and accepted. And uh, probably not till it yeah. goes federal. But yeah, the, uh, and the state of Massachusetts, by the way, there's a, still a, fighting. Right? There's a conference <laughs> committee fighting over yes. which version of the House or the Senate bill. And did you yeah. hear what? Um, no. Um, the the governor said no. Oh, Charlie. Yeah, if they can't make up their minds, he may just implement the existing bill. <laughs> you mean the existing ballot measure that the the that yeah, we I voted that. for? Well, that <laughs> that would actually be fine. Um, speaking as somebody who voted for the ballot measure, it's not perfect. It was pretty well, but it's drafted. a lot better than yeah, the, the the version. So sidebar quickly. Apologies <laughs> to our readers. I, I would actually listeners. approve of Governor Baker doing that. Yeah, because, he's he's like said this is crazy. We have to get it, it done. Yeah. They it's, have it's getting ridiculous, and that and. The Senate bill is much closer to the original ballot initiative than the House bill is. So, and you know, the Senate and, and the ballot was what we actually voted on. Well, so, what if the medical marijuana industry is trying to prevent uh, the legislature from letting this go forward? I do wonder about that, and that that they're just stalling. Actually, I I wonder to what extent they're getting. You know, it, it's the efforts of like you know Anheuser Busch and you know. Oh, well, that's another. I know even liquor distillers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea. But there's, there's a, a fellow, a, a, an acquaintance of mine on Facebook, who constantly is railing how it's big liquor trying to stop <laughs> the, the pot lobby from getting anywhere. And I'm like, I suppose that might be true, but I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I mean, the package store lobby has done a pretty good job at um, running against any alcohol tax or any yeah. sort of. Yeah. I mean, that comes up on the ballot and, and every selling so often and, and selling alcohol at like the supermarket kind of thing. But yeah. you know, right. the medical marijuana people they had to put a half a million down even to apply for licenses. Yeah. So they've got oh, a know, lot of skin in robbery. the game. And the minute the minute it becomes, you know, really available, yeah. who's going to go to a medical place for? Hot necessarily, especially as it gets better when it's regulated and then yeah. it's in the you know yeah that's that's <coughs> you wouldn't go that's to actually a, that's a good point you know because yeah. in New Hampshire they had beer and wine in stores and then they had the state liquor store I think they still do for hard yeah. liquor but there's no way you can do that with pot I mean it's not like you can have the state run medical marijuana places you're gonna have all the edibles at the, <laughs> at the yeah, they're gonna have to you know diversify their product probably yeah. or something I don't know I, I I gotta say I hadn't thought about that aspect of the problem but I do hope our government works it out pretty well soon. i think charlie will follow his he he you know he gets pretty frustrated when people just you know well, bicker it, bicker it, <laughs> it, it it will certainly give him uh, ra- raise him in my estimation if he if he just well, says his, if he doesn't like people who bicker he shouldn't have run for governor <laughs> because guess what legislature he's stuck with oh, now all the time yeah. but you well, know guess his, what politics is it's people bickering his his folks have to implement it so that's really that's the problem True. is the executive branch has to come up with all the rules so I suppose they do. Anyway, um, speaking of rules, uh, uh, we're going to follow ours and play a couple of P 
PSAs and uh, station IDs and other announcements. Um, and then we'll be back with more civil politics in just a couple of minutes here on Valley Free Radio. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The Lilly Library is filled with adventure and wonder for kids and adults of all ages. Lilly Library in downtown Florence lends books and movies to everyone. They offer free parking, free Wi-Fi, and two-hour sessions on Internet-connected computers. They also offer extensive programs for children, including story hours, clubs, and activities for teens, as well as adult programs. The library is open Tuesday and Thursday evenings, Saturdays and Sundays. Find out more at lillylibrary.org. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps do not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. Hi, this is Wendy, host of Subculture, a music show featuring new wave, electronic, indie, and funk. Join me Friday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or tune in from anywhere by visiting our website at valleyfreeradio.org. If you miss Subculture on Fridays, don't worry. You can hear it again from midnight to 2 Sunday mornings. Thank you for supporting Valley Free Radio. Have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days? Forbes Library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night. A large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy-to-use e-books and e-audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413-587-1013 to find out more. I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio, reminding you that legally bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. Valley Free Radio is a proud member of Pioneer Valley Local First. Pioneer Valley Local First, encouraging people to think local so they buy and bank local first. Pioneer Valley Local First also works to encourage companies in a friendly way to be socially, locally, and environmentally responsible. Thank you, Pioneer Valley Local First, for your support. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael. That's still Stefan. And that's still Sue. Hey there. Hey. <laughs> and uh, we were going to talk about uh, our, our hated overlords, the FCC. <laughs> <laughs> well, not really hated. We love you guys. Please don't take away our license. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, we wanted to just talk briefly because uh, yesterday, no, not yesterday. Today's Friday. Tomorrow? Wednesday. Tomorrow is the 12th. The 12th, right. It was the 12th. Right, so Wednesday. Oh, the Day of Action. Yes, yes. yes. the Day of Action on Net Neutrality. If you noticed, uh, Civil Politics 
um, Twitter and, and Facebook, we had a link to fight the future, fight for the future.com. No, not yes. fight the future. <laughs> fight for it. And incidentally, we're not Amish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, we're so not Amish, incidentally, uh, when we do uh, post links to articles and references, uh, our producer genre helpfully puts the hashtag civil references on there. So if you're interested in following uh, what we're talking about and want to just sort of quickly find uh, the, the links and things, do that hashtag and uh, search for that hashtag and you'll find them, uh, I believe, on both Facebook and Twitter. So, Of course, I forgot to put the one up for uh, Hobby Lobby. Oh, well. Wow. Was a Wall Street Journal article, so don't worry. We'll we'll get Jammer to do all the work. It's fine. He's, he may find a better reference that has a more thorough article. Yeah, what? What is the Wall Street Journal going to cover? Like a business doing something? <laughs> it was. They thought it was evil too. Yeah, so I knew that it was wow. safe for me to wait, talk about wait, it. The Wall Street Journal thought <laughs> yeah, it was evil. Well, oh my goodness! I'm exaggerating their statement, but yes, they <laughs> were like, "Hey." <laughs> They, well, that's, that's they, they have a fair and balanced perspective on Beelzebub. So I mean, that tells you something. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's worthy of comment because this is an issue that cuts across what you would consider traditional party and ideological lines. Net yeah. neutrality. We're yeah, we're oh. talking about. I mean, it's really the most important regulatory issue of the internet era thus far. Well, and specifically dealing with the internet, obviously, like yes. you know, safe drinking water is pretty important. Ask the folks in Flint, Michigan. Oh, in the yeah. Wall Street Journal, I was saying Hobby Lobby. They thought was a bad. Move. Right. Sorry, right. I That's, Yeah, we were segueing. Segueing back. back. Yeah. Stefan, it's my job to yes. keep us on topic. <laughs> Ooh, look, shiny. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's our specialty. <laughs> a murder of magpies, you could call this. <laughs> right. Right. You can't see it, folks, but sometimes they just dangle keys in front of me. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I jacked off. <laughs> so, so Stefan, net neutrality. So, Why is this important, oh, person who works on this as a professional activist kind of thing? Yes, this is. I should disclose for our listeners that this is relevant to my professional life. Um, I work with an organization, Free Press, that does that is is neck deep in this fight right now and has been. Um, for many years. Net neutrality is basically the sobriquet for um, regulating the internet under Title II of um, our sort of public uh, charter, which, w which was essentially developed in the 1930s as a way to regulate public utilities such that um, they are providing sufficient penetration and service to the general public. What it basically ensures is uh, the Title II regulations, and this was adopted by the FCC under the Obama administration, under a previous commissioner who was appointed by President Obama. Um, Title II is the kind of thing that TV stations have to follow, yes. right? Yeah, because it's, it's like they're using the public airwaves, so they have to follow certain public benefit right. regulations and restrictions. And they can't do whatever they want because of the, the advantages they get and the importance of what they do. So, right. Sorry, right. Use and, this is, and it, this plays out in various ways depending on what kind of service and what kind of technology you're talking about. With respect to the Internet, the, uh, this, this, this regulatory apparatus basically stipulates that um, telecoms and Internet service providers, so, for example, Verizon or Comcast, um, Comcast AT &T. Xfinity, AT&T, um, or I guess now Spectrum, as, uh, as they're calling it, um, have to provide a equivalent level of service in terms of data packets moving, in terms of how fast your internet sites load, um, to all of their customers. 
you know, they can't tier service. They can't make you pay more to get faster internet service. Or they can't um, make, make the other make either their customers or the companies. They can't say, right. hey, Netflix, you got to pay us more to make sure that your customers you know that that your customers get better service than hulu right they because, have to provide a yeah. standard of service that is equivalent and that it basically essentially meets certain benchmarks right but they can sell me a slower service than you because i pay for slower service but overall it can't change between which websites faster and right. slower right i can have i can have lesser bandwidth i can pay well for, to for your lesser. house yes. sure yeah. but but then like everything comes equally across same. that lesser yep. bandwidth whether exactly. it's whether it's you know google or netflix mm-hmm. or the website for valley free radio you, you don't have to say, for instance, pay a premium package that's twenty dollars extra in order to access Netflix and HBO Go and right. or, or yeah. other video right. streaming and, sites. And they do, and they can't make those companies HBO pay, pay for it either, yeah. Yeah. which of course would then get passed on to us on the back end, but hidden right in higher premium fees or yeah. whatever. Yeah, that that's that's the re- that that's the sort of um, consumer protection. Right. issue of this is that this would so, inevitably fall on consumers. So, uh, well, and so not only will it inevitably fall on consumers, but why is it also a bad idea in terms of... Because some of them own the content, too. Right, right. And <laughs> in, in, in terms of free speech, because you mm-hmm. work for, you know, a free press which uh, organization, right. which is kind of important. So, yeah. so can, can you unpack that first Kind a of bit? important? <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> well, was I sleeping there for a second? Oh, well, you were understating it. Understatement, Sorry. darling. <laughs> it's all the rage. <laughs> well, this is, uh, the reason this is such a big issue is because we're not just talking about sort of uh, products and services, but we're also talking about politics. And we're specifically talking about Wait, whether like or... civil politics? Well, well <laughs> we may, may, may be, possibly, but... Um, and contextually, for those of our listeners that haven't been paying attention, the FCC, under its current chairman, Ajit Pai, who uh, was a, a member of the FCC but not a chair under the previous administrations and has now been elevated to the chair position under the Trump administration. Ascended, I think. He <laughs> ascended, okay. And he he has basically opened up a process by um, uh, asking for public comment um, after he he released a, a set of proposals that would repeal this um, regulatory, uh, change it to the, a different title under that exactly, and it would remove the protections is, yeah. that prevent companies from doing exactly what we just talked about, from tiering service, from over, from sort of uh, charging companies to sell their wares or sell their services extra. Um, and so this day of action was designed to basically create a constituency against that. And the re- and as and going back to my point, this doesn't just ap- apply to sort of um, the marketplace of products. It applies to the marketplace of ideas. Because if an if a given ISP, ISP, excuse me, or internet service provider, has a certain ideological bent, as many corporations and companies do. Um, they all really love money. I don't know. They why. all seem to love money. Um, they they could potentially slow down or interrupt service for certain, whether it be news sites or websites that are uh, sort of have an activist bent, or it really the sky's right. the well. And they could also the do something. The limit, they could also do something simple like say, okay, so. We're going to call separate websites into class one and class two. And class one mm-hmm. websites are the big ones like Google and the big corporations, and they pay us and whatever. And we're going to offer those to you super cheap for your home. 
But if you want to pay an extra $20 a month, you can get access to any Class 2 websites, which could include, you know, like... Valley, MSNBC? MSNBC, <laughs> sure. Or, or Valley Free Radio. Right. You know, or civilpoliticsradio.com, uh, you know, for whatever value we may have. But, you know, or, or the mm. ACLU or, or the NRA. I mean, who knows? Whatever. Just, like, some political organization. It's okay to slow down Fox News, though, right, You guys, with you guys? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. Well, that, this is the point, yeah. is that much as I don't like them, no. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly the issue, is the, the Title II regulations, the net neutrality rela- uh, regulations that we have, prevent exactly this from happening. So it was really right. for trains and trucks, so they couldn't discriminate and just take their own stuff and yeah, charge and, and everybody else. And also telephone, right. landline telephone networks which at that time and were Verizon, I remember when New England Tel and Ma Bell was very behaving very badly when all those other phone companies erupted and they would just like they they disconnect their lines. Yeah, that that happened. Right. MCI. Right. And I was a very small child when yeah. that was happening, so I they just, were slamming I, all kinds of. Th- it was yeah. it was a wild west, and they made them stop. Yeah, they right. said you you have the twisted pair to the house, you know the copper wire. Yeah, and you must carry everybody if huh. they sign up with a different phone service you must tough luck yeah. tough luck and it worked i mean yeah. it, it you know and a lot of those companies didn't stick around because yeah. it's still just the big guys but yeah. well and again pro-business republican uh what do you think well of, the market will bear <laughs> well, well i mean you believe in the free market forces being great in a lot of ways so what do you think of well, of it, net neutrality also you 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 do like you have if not currently you have worked in it so i mean you you have some i know how to slow down a but you know the, the, uh, yeah you well, you know how some <laughs> of this stuff neck down that bandwidth and punish you right, right <laughs> exactly so so you understand a lot Stop of these issues on my department well, not, <laughs> not just in, 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 a, in a in a political way or an abstract way but like in a technical way so so, Jeremy's giving me a high five. He works in IT too. Right. <laughs> so, so, so I don't anymore. Um, all right. Well, I knew you did recently. Anyway. So, so, can you lay it out for me, or what you think? Well, so I think you should be able to charge what the market will bear, unless okay. there's a thing that prevents the market from behaving rationally. And I think this is where. What does you, that mean, rationally? Well, it's like when you get into utilities and you get into some of the things that people provide. So, for example, here in Northampton, we only have Comcast. Yeah. They have terrible bandwidth. And, you know, heaven help us if they decide to start discriminating, you know, against different organizations and operations and websites and all that. So I don't think that the Internet, I mean, it has been pretty Wild West. It has been fine. And then under Obama, they extended Title II to to protect it. Uh And because it had no regulation, that's the problem is that there's no place that it belonged naturally so they put it under title two which makes perfect sense it should be regulated by some right way or type and so i i believe very strongly in net neutrality because i think the competition is not who brings the pipe to your house because you only got one choice you can't right you guys have charter in east hampton i have comcast here i don't know what they have in amherst i I don't know what they have so 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 it's a it's a monopoly Right. So because it's the, a monopoly. Right. So because back in the seventies, the government chose winners and losers to use the Republican rhetoric about who, who would get into the cable TV business. So now, because they did that, we can't have them doing that in other ways. Is that well? I lived in a I town in Belmont, and we were in a joint partnership with our cable company, and everybody fought us tooth and nail. We actually had to have an act of the legislature to allow it. You mean and, the state legislature? Um, no, the federal legislature, because it's under federal law. So we had um, Shrewsbury and Belmont, and there's like three or four other towns that actually got into the business themselves. What, the ones near Boston? Um, well, Shrewsbury's not 
Well, no, no, from here it looks. Here. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks oh, like wait, it's yeah, near Shrewsbury. Boston from here, but yeah, well, these towns aren't next to each other, so it wasn't like like. Nope, nope. They they like all went separately, and they spent a lot of money on lawyers, and they yeah. just tried to keep the door open because they wanted to own. Like they have municipal light departments, and so they mm. they accept all comers for in terms of electricity. Uh-huh. So to have the market, you know, really be free, you want to have sort of the city or town have control over the the local wires and then have mm. other people provide the content uh-huh. so that there is right. some real competition. The service. Yeah, and the problem is that there is no, you only get one choice for cable provider. Exactly. Right. That's And, Sue, that's so important that you bring up is that um, there's not a real market in most places in the U.S. Put it more is wires a monopoly. In. Right. Yeah. Because... In fact, the, a lot of places aren't served at all. The, well, this okay. is the issue is that we, we've, al- we've that's allowed... True. I was just hearing about that on yeah. public radio this, right. this evening. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that's a huge issue up in the hill towns yeah. Yeah. where a lot of them are dealing with Basically, dial up speeds, and it's impossible. I mean, if if you run a business, for those of you who aren't using very slow, yeah, Yeah. I bought a big business class um, dish to get internet where I lived, and then they they did add um, a little bit out in out my way where I was. But in Richmond, they actually wired it because guess who used to live there? Who Uh, in his summer capacity, our last governor, Uh, Mitt Romney. Oh, Mr. Patrick? Mr. Patrick? Oh, yeah. Patrick? Yeah, oh, so okay. when they did this big initiative, they said, oh, yeah, we got to do something about Western Mass. we got to do something about Western Mass. And they wired Richmond, and I think they <laughs> w- wired Pittsfield. And, and, right. that, and, and, yeah, that's about as far as they got. And so all the towns and mm. cities here are on their own. They're doing an initiative, the Wired West initiative. Yes. So what you're saying is if we could get the Kennedys to get, uh, like, a nice vacation property up in the hill towns— <laughs> We might see some action on the internet, huh? I think they have satellite phones. That's what a lot of people do. Just if you have any trouble, you just do a sat phone. But. Well, speaking as the filthy leftist, I, I would I would call this the lack. You look very of, well scrubbed, actually. You know, well, well, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. Um, we this is this is what happens when you let the private sector build infrastructure for the public sector. The private yeah. sector will, will go where the money is. They go where the and mm-hmm. money is not. Yep. In for most of these people Density in rural towns, and a lot of but houses together. But that's what together. we've been allowing right. to happen yeah. because we basically let municipalities and states give over the actual, the literally the building of the wires itself, getting peop, getting individual homes. Well, and they networks thought they'd connected. get a lot if they let the private sector do it, and then they just like yeah, the right. cities and, and towns certain, fell for it. They certain fell places, for it. the big cities. It came out well for it. New York even City in and Boston, Austin, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but even in Boston, there's places where they wouldn't yeah. wire. And it's like, if we're going to give you all the apartment houses that are so, you know, you have 2,000 right. customers in one location, you got to wire out to the, you know, the, yeah. you know whatever it is. So well, I, it's, it's interesting because that's actually like the problem with healthcare. Mm. You know, that's, that's the problem that like the 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 market the, doesn't exactly work. Right, the market cannot work. Cannot well, work. Well, when you have so so few customers, it's hard to have like market-based competition in an area because, you know, like rural Oklahoma because there aren't any people there. Well, look at that and Adams if they're sick, hospital you know, that closed that didn't have enough patients. Sure, and yeah. It, and they need an emergency room up there because the nearest place is, uh, I think, down the Berkshire right. um, Medical Center, which is right. so, 30 I mean, miles s- away. Someone or, gets hurt in that area and they need life-saving treatment, like, their life matters. Either that or a life lift helicopter. Well, whatever. But, I mean, even then, like, you'd, you'd rather they went to the hospital close by rather than the hospital 30 miles away. Yeah. You know, and even in a, a helicopter, that's going to take some time. Yeah. So, you can't be stabilized. Right. So, I mean, this is why we're treating healthcare like our healthcare delivery, like in a sense, like that utility well, you know is, that, is delivered. We have a private infrastructure to make sure that people get that, and, and, and it's becoming a problem. Yeah. 
Well, you know, there was a historical precedent when they wired um, for electricity, the South. Oh, the TVA? Uh, it was TVA, but it was like the fire. I can't think of the fire squad initiative. The fire. It's got a funny name, the Firefly, but that's they wired to all the rural locations. So people that had no electricity up a mountain were suddenly mm. getting it. Were getting it. And I forget which president that was under, but was the Wasn't 20s. Wasn't it Roosevelt? Was it tw- in the 20s? Oh, the 20s. Hoover? Herbert Hoover? Uh, I that can't remember Hoover who. In the 20s. Yeah. I kind of have a hard time. I think the I Tennessee think Valley Authority Tennessee. Was, a, was a depression era. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was definitely um, the Roosevelt administration. And in yeah. part, that's what made it possible to do that rural electrification yeah. in the South, because now there was actual source of power. But that was, you know, decided that it wasn't going to get wired by the private sector. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if you tried to pay the private sector to do it, <laughs> they yeah. would rob you. Yeah. <laughs> so well, so they just wired it. So it's it's interesting, like, because like, I was wondering how, how you felt How about did I argue about this? Right. <laughs> because, because, I mean, like, you do believe in free markets. And it's oh, interesting. totally. Right. But your, your point is, like, like it, the point is you, it's where you see the market. It's, like, where, where the market starts and where, like, the infra- – like, Right. Like, like, the market the, – like, the free market isn't in public squares. The public square is the public square. The market happens in the public square. You don't have free market forces about the the cobblestone place where people set up their carts. The carts are the are the market. The carts are the market. Right. So so the content is. is and it used to happen with fire departments. I'm almost oh, yeah. old enough to remember, but you know, there, you uh-huh. still see the placards in Philadelphia that mm-hmm. this belonged to this fire company, and yeah. if the house next to it was burning, they would not save it because it was a different fire that, company. That, that was a problem even in in classical Rome. I mean, <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember now, but like one of uh, uh, Caesar's allies like made a ton of money. Uh, one one of the guys he teamed up with in his rise to power teamed a ton of money basically selling contracts to people you know for 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 fire protection and if, you know and showing up at their house and saying like sign here <laughs> or your house will burn fire's burning <laughs> yeah so really really quick recap yeah. um, the day of action as you said was the twelfth um, this this past Wednesday. Two million comments submitted to the FCC. Can you say that thing and, about AT and T? Because I miss that, and I'm an AT and T customer. Let, let's do that. I'll, I'll just wrap this <laughs> yep, up, and then you. we can do that. Five million emails to Congress. 124,000 phone calls to representatives. 20 congressional offices visited in person by protesters, both volunteers and members of these organizations. And we had a lot, tons of websites. Um, speaking out and quick sidebar if you're interested in getting involved even though it's after the 12th it, there's still we still need a lot of public input on this to and s- they're still tell time. the fcc to s- not to repeal title two and to keep net neutrality in place go to battleforthenet.com i'm sure john was putting the link up in civil references as we speak yep oh yeah so but yes at&t and uh who is which is of course the one of the telecoms in question and wants at, to change things yes has uh a- actually had a um, false flag banner up on their website <laughs> yeah exactly um, i think yeah I think that's a good way to put it that's yes i would call it a false flag because they they sort of put out a statement that said they're participating in the day of action um but in fact the actual link that they gave people was 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 in, basically encouraged them to lobby the FCC to change the legislation get rid of net neutrality so they sort of <laughs> adopted the language of the people who want to keep it i think my bec- suspect because they know that politically it's popular they need to be on that side and we haven't there's polling we you know there's polling coming out about this it hasn't been released yet but Net, it's it's pretty well understood that once people sort of can grok what net neutrality is, they're likely to support it. 
So even even the ISPs, even the telecoms, are being forced to sort of adopt the language of, um, you know, caring for the internet, yeah. even as they lobby to keep their you know their advantage. But brilliant for a false link that does yeah. the opposite of what it says. Well, it's kind of the same problem the the Trump administration's finding with wanting to change uh, healthcare because. I think fundamentally, I think I think the most Americans have decided that they want, they think healthcare should be provided to all Americans. Somebody's got to do it. The government should be involved in some way because that's the only way to do it. So don't just dismantle it, right? Because you yeah. can't just dismantle it. I don't it think now. that legislation is going to pass. I hope not. I I. I, Was it stay tuned for next week? I guess th- yeah. I guess that's a fascinating thing to talk about. Oh, and we're out of time, and we wanted to talk about local politics. We will get to that next week. We have yes. to. That's our teaser. Yes, that's our teaser for this week. So uh, thank you for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Uh, we're going to be back again with more of this next week. But now, stay tuned for Subculture, playing uh, lots of cool pop music, uh, uh, dance, electro, funk, all kinds of good stuff uh, with DJ Wendy, coming up in just a couple of minutes here on, on Valley Free Radio. So that's all for Civil Politics for now. Uh, don't, uh, join us again next week. Good night. <laughs>